Well, hello, 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 everybody. And here we are. It's uh, January. I can't believe that between now and the previous episode, we've had Christmas, uh, which is always a bit of a, a funny thing when we get to January and record the podcast. But my name is Alan Teresa. You're joining me and my good friend Julian Berthrat on the Two Guys on Fitness podcast. We're back at Jubilee Hall Gym in Covent Garden, and it is a cold day, perhaps not uh, totally unsurprisingly, taking the time of year. Hello, Julian Berthright. He's sitting next to me. We're here in the uh, studio that they do the yoga in at the uh, gym. And uh, hello, Julian. How's your Christmas? Well, despite everything, Christmas went well. It was nice to see my family and I, it's always a family moment for me and I uh, really, it's important to me, family. So what about yours? Yes, I, I'm going to say the same thing, despite everything. I think that's the, the uh, phrase that a lot of people are using around about now for slightly obvious reasons, everybody. Despite everything, I had a nice time as well. Uh, saw my family, saw my friends. I ate a little bit too much, uh, which is uh, a tradition at this time of the year, of course. Uh, but it was good. But enough of this talk about Christmas. It's always a bit weird when you talk about Christmas after the new year, I feel. Let's get on with the podcast. Uh, and Julian has been doing another one of his therapies, and we're going to tell you all about it in the minute. So let's get started. Hello once again. You're joining us on the Two Guys on Fitness podcast, coming to you from Jubilee Hall Gym in Covent Garden, London, England. As I think I might have mentioned a while ago, my name is Alan Teresa. I'm a regular gym kind of guy, but I'm a bit of an average fellow as well. And I'm here with my good friend Julian Bertha, and he's not average at all. In fact, he is a personal trainer. I have to say again, hello, Julian. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. Thank you very much for asking. Isn't he nice? He always asks that every episode of the podcast we do. Now, uh, in this podcast, we look at everything which is gym, fitness, training, diet, and general well-being uh, related. And this month, we've once again put Julian under the hands of somebody who is a physical therapist for one of his regular, I'm going to use the term sessions. Uh, and what are we looking at this month on the podcast, Julian? Yeah, it's about um, reflexology this uh, this month. Uh, yeah, the lovely interview with Wendy Black, reflexologist. And uh, yeah, I did learn a few things about what is reflexology about. And, um, and I hope you guys and girls enjoy the interview. Yes, uh, I hope you guys and girls... He said guys and girls, and that's a bit weird, isn't it? I hope you guys and girls uh, find this interesting. Uh, we like to put Julian regularly uh, under the hands of various type of therapists. Uh, he's had all kinds of massages. He did acupuncture recently, so he was uh, punctured with needles, I feel. It's a generic way of describing that. And this month, it's reflexology. So without any further ado... Let's hear what Julian and Wendy have to say about reflexology. And then we'll have a chat with Julian afterwards to find out exactly what happened uh, when Wendy got her hands on him. Hi, guys. I'm with Wendy. Uh, she's a reflexologist at Jubilee Hall. And today the interview uh, target is to know more about Wendy. How are you, Wendy? I'm very well, thank you, Julian. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, it's been a long day for you, so 
Yes, yeah, I've just literally finished about five treatments, one after the other, but um, yes, they're good, they're good. Okay, obviously my first question is, what is reflexology? So reflexology is a non-invasive holistic treatment. Um, generally, people understand it to be administered to the feet and the hands, but actually we have reflexology points all over our body. And at the moment, something that's very popular in the UK is facial reflexology, which is a very relaxing treatment. So we actually have over 1,500 different sensor points on our feet, and by applying pressure to these points, we trigger a reflex elsewhere in the body which sends signals via the parasympathetic nervous system to kickstart our body's own healing mechanisms. Is that um, when you are uh, during your explanation you mentioned like it's uh, it does help people to relax does people um who are affected by cancer or this kind of pathology, yeah. does reflexology help them? Yes, reflexology is a therapy for everyone from all ages. So um, I have actually um, done advanced reflexology courses myself, and one of them is um, working with people with cancer. Another is working with people for preconception and pregnancy. And so there's lots of little different areas that you can specialise in, but I, I like to give a general treatment to everyone when I first see them. You mentioned like also during pregnancy, I did since the lockdown, I start training pregnant women uh, post and pre-pregnancy. Um, could you briefly explain like what the benefit uh, of reflexology for women with uh, during their pregnancy? So there's lots of benefits for pregnant women. One of the main things that tends to happen is as the baby grows, um, it tends to press further back onto the bladder. So we can help with reflexology to regular, regulate the bladder. Um, also another thing that helps with is acid reflux, because as again, as the baby grows, um, all of our ho hormones change within the body. So this can cause a lot of acid for pregnant women. So by working into the acid reflux point in reflexology, it just helps to appease the burning sensation that they get. Very interesting, very interesting. So thank you for this, uh, you know, the relation between um, women during the pregnancy and the benefit of the reflexology. Very interesting uh, to me, especially. Uh, because I start training women during their pregnancy. Um, where did it come from, reflexology? So reflexology has a very rich history. Um, the earliest recorded findings date back to 2330 BC, and that was actually in ancient Egypt. Um, outside the tomb of the great physician, Ankh-Morpork, Excavators found a pictograph, which is like um, hieroglyphics, of the physician given a foot treatment. And when they translated the hieroglyphics and how it read was the patient was saying, please don't hurt me. And the physician was saying, I'll only do so you praise me. And that was the earliest depiction. It then developed and we got a lot of groundbreaking research in the 1900s. And there was a neurologist called Henry Head and he discovered a connection between skin sensitivity and a diseased area in the body. And this was all connected via the nerve supply. So he created charts on this, which was called head therapy. And um, there was another um, great um, person who broke through and his name was 
Dr. William Fitzgerald. He was an ear, nose and throat specialist. And he took this theory of the head therapy and he realised that we had 10 zones within the body. And along those zones lay all of our correspondent organs and um, our tendons and all of our systems of the body. So um, he created this zone therapy. In 1930, a psychotherapist called Eunice Ingram, who is known as the mother of reflexology, she used the zone therapy with her clients and she studied the effects on corresponding organs and she mapped out the first ever reflexology charts. And she was so passionate about reflexology, she travelled America promoting it, lecturing and providing reflexology treatments. And so subsequently she was often arrested because people thought she was um, a witch. <laughs> She was a, a rebel, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I let you talk. Uh, I was listening carefully to, to all that because, and I think the, our listeners should do the same because it's true with reflexology, was, um, I won't say a mystery for me, I heard before, but I think it was very interesting to, for you to explain to our listener where I come from. So about you, Wendy, how did you start? Well, I like to think, um, Julian, that reflexology found me. Um, I was working as a designer florist at the Dorchester Hotel. I, w I was suffering quite a lot with asthma attacks. Um, I had a chest infection, which caused me to present with asthma. And one day I had two asthma attacks and I collapsed at work. So I was fed up of just pumping my body full of stones and the Ventolin didn't really seem to be working for me. So I started to look for alternative therapies and that's how I found reflexology. I was a little bit nervous at first about having my feet touched because no one had ever really done that apart from when I was a baby before um, but the reflexologist I saw put my mind at ease and what really fascinated me was the other things that she discovered that was going on in my body like I was under quite a lot of stress and um, I had previous back problems and none of this I had mentioned to her but she discovered all of this by reading my feet it's quite interesting and also I think it's uh, there is no best better way to discover something that when it worked for yourself so I guess uh, you are your you are a believer a firm believer obviously because you you did um, I mean as you say rightly the reflexology find you so yeah and it really works it works for people I've um, seen so many of my clients um, you know that have ongoing I, I don't like to call them diseases but I'd say ongoing ailments that they live with things like lupus things like um, liver transplants Um, eczema, asthma and I see the improvement in them and also it works really well with people with a skin condition called vitiligo you may remember Michael Jackson had it where the skin um, pigmentation loses the colour and um, it attacks your autoimmune system and it works really well with um, bringing the pigmentation back yeah that's uh, I didn't know that so you see the There's a lot of things you can help with, so that's uh, very interesting. Does reflexology help people that go to the gym? Absolutely, it would. Reflexology, I would say, is for everyone and all age groups. 
I'd encourage gym users to have some treatments. Reflexology can help restore tired muscles and strengthen ligaments by detoxifying the body of excess lactic acids and calcium deposits. It can help with endurance by ridding the body of stress and it can aid lung capacity by increasing the flow of oxygen, encouraging diaphragm breathing. A lot of us don't actually breathe properly. So um, it's, it's very important that, you know, we breathe more deeply and it'll give us better endurance while we're training. Yeah, I concur <laughs> completely with uh, the breathing issue. Yeah, I can see the people on the gym floor not taking the time to breathe uh, deeper, you know, yeah. and uh, they go too fast when they execute an exercise. So, and the stress, uh, I completely agree as well. I mean, I can witness that in a, in a, in a gym. Um, so I think like reflexology and gym seems to go together quite well. I would say so. I would say it goes hand in hand, really. So you see, we are lucky at Jubileo because we got the gym floor right there and the therapy room with Wendy just uh, in the back. So you see, it's uh, Jubileo is full of, um, we got the whole range of, uh, of services and they, they all go together to help people, really. Are there specific condition and problem it is recommended for? Well, first of all, as reflexologists, um, we're not allowed to claim to cure or diagnose. But um, I have seen vast improvements with clients who live with asthma, depression and anxiety, lupus, vitiligo, dermatology as well. You know, it's like it's very good for skin conditions. Um, and um, as I mentioned before, our bodies are amazing organisms. You know, we, we do have the ability to train our body to get stronger and to self-heal. So from your uh, point of view, how regularly people should uh, use physiology, basically? I would say initially, I would recommend people to come weekly for six weeks. And then after that, um, just to reduce to two or three times, uh, two or three times a month. Um, and then with the aim of coming once a month, just for like a general maintenance. It's um, it's true. Uh, and I, um, I always think like it's, uh, I really enjoy the interview because uh, as I said, reflexology is not putting enough ahead in uh, in gym in general because yeah it, it's quite useful for many many people how can people find you so people can find me through the breathe website or on the association of reflexologists find a reflexologist website or through my own website which is therapybywendy.co.uk thank you very much wendy i did learn a lot uh, in this interview and i'm sure and i hope the listener Uh, will earn a lot as well. Uh, thank you for your time and uh, I hope to see you soon. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you again, Julian. So that's Wendy and Julian there uh, talking all things reflexology. Now, I've got a couple of questions for you, Julian, but before I get into them, walk us through what happened when uh, you entered the, I'm going to use the term, therapy room and had your, here we go again, session with Wendy. So I went to the therapy room and um, so basically uh, Wendy gave me uh, a treatment. 
it was uh, it started with a foot massage. Um, she explained me uh, the key point of uh, we got a lot of capture cap uh, under your your foot and um, yeah they're all related to some organ and uh, it's quite interesting. I um, I met my first reflexologist. Uh, Like I would say, 15 years ago, when I was in school, uh, I was a student and I had some uh, stress issue, you know, with an uh, exam coming up. And, uh, and uh, yeah, they, uh, she explained me that the stress can impact your, your body, obviously. And, uh, yeah, and it impacting your body, it impacts uh, some different organ, okay? Uh, a foot massage does help to... Um, point, you know, where is the issue is. Uh, it's quite interesting. And then you can go also the, the face massage as well um, around the neck. It's quite interesting. It was uh, I had a good time after that. And um, when we talk about reflexology and uh, massaging your feet, what exactly does that... Was it just your feet? And, and what exactly does that involve? What did Wendy do with, uh, I'm assuming, her hands on your feet? What is fascinating with uh, the foot massage, and you can really, you know, pressurizing some part of your foot, and this has actually an impact on your on your body. You can see a bit of tension here or there, and uh, as you know, I like running, and uh, you know when when you run, for example, outside, especially, but on a treadmill too, your your body is uh, getting information. From, from the from the surface from the floor where you where you're running or, or climbing or whatever and your um, it's quite interesting because it does you we, we forgot that our feet are sensitive you know and uh, and I think if I learn something again not like completely new because I, I was aware of that but uh, with Wendy you realize that your feet are sensitive and they can give you information. And, uh, yeah. Have you ever had um, a reflexology uh, treatment, Alan? Uh, no, I haven't. And um, I think, I mean, we've touched upon this before, I think, but um, I'm kind of like one of those people, uh, I'm not really into massage and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, <laughs> it's a little bit too kind of like intimate for me, really. Truth be told, there you go, a little insight into uh, uh, how my mind works. Uh And uh, but I know it's a, a popular thing. Um, did it involve your ankles? No, it's not the bones. It's clearly under the foot. It's really about under your feet, under your foot. Uh, and how long did uh, the uh, session last? Yeah, about an hour, fifteen minutes, one hour. And uh, yeah, she uh, she uh, explained uh, step by step. She walked you through the whole session why she's doing it, uh, which part of the foot are related to which organ, uh, if there is any tension. So it's, it's you know, it's quite well uh, well explained, well made. It's, um, yeah, I would recommend uh, uh, to anyone who got stress and uh, not only, but uh, stress to, to go and see Wendy. And if you do want to uh, find out uh, more about uh, Wendy Black, uh, we'll put the details on the website and uh, how to get in touch with her and um, find out more about reflexology. 
Today's show is brought to you by Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. Need an effective workout using state-of-the-art equipment in the heart of London's West End? Then visit Jubilee Hall Gym on the corner of Covent Garden, where you can also check out the gym sauna, as well as a whole host of great fitness classes. Join online for £53 a month, and there is no need for a minimum term contract when joining, or you can use the gym on a day pass basis. Find out more at jubileehallgym.co.uk or telephone 0207 836 4007 to work out at Jubilee Hall Gym, Covent Garden. And so shall we have the first fitness tip of the month from our wonderful personal trainer here, Julian Bartharad, who is kind of frowning his eyes at me a little bit hearing me say that. Uh, so Julian, tell us, what is your... Julian's fitness tip of the month. How do you train and then have you, do you sit down most of the time or do you stand up to perform an exercise? Oh, this is an interesting question, actually. Uh, do I stand up or do I sit down? Do you know what, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we talk about these things before we record this and we haven't this month. Junior's just on this on the top of his head, which has uh, thrown me uh, through a hoop a little bit. He said stalling. Um, I would say a lot of my exercise takes place sitting down because I use a lot of machines, uh, resistance machines uh, and so on. And really the only, and also I cycle a lot uh, when I'm at the gym. I like to cycle as I warm up or I row. And the only standing up really I do is when I use the cables, which I love. But generally, apart from that, I tend to sit down on benches and various pieces of equipment. Yeah, because it's um, the fitness tip of the month is to show you that you can perform the uh, an exercise in two different versions. So we talk about variant and different version before, but... Variant? Did you just say variant, Julian? That's a very topical, I would say. Yeah, it's a bit taboo. I guess uh, I say variant instead of variation because we are... Uh, it's all about new variant in uh, these days. But no, I'm... I'm saying like when you do an exercise, it's true, but there is different variation of it. Uh, but one of the a good one is, for example, you can perform an exercise standing up, and sometimes you can do the same exercise sitting down. So the main, let's take an exercise like lateral raises, dumbbell, for example, for shoulders. If you if you stand up. Uh, the good thing when you stand up, any exercise on, on this one, for example, is how you hold the ground, how you hold your position. Because I see a lot of people, you know, when they do a bicep, lateral raise, shoulder press, standing up, their feet are really flat on the floor, like really. Uh, so basically, um, it's how holding the ground properly in order to isolate the muscle uh, you want to target, like in that case, lateral raise, okay? And um, the thing is, when you do it, you, your core are always a bit more engaged, you know, when you stand up, obviously. Now you can do lateral raise seated. So here, the main aspect is you can't really use your lower part body to lift the dumbbell. So it's harder 
technically and also harder to lift the dumbbell, but a bit more efficient. So in one way, I would say seated could be more efficient to build up a strong muscle. At the same time, when you stand up, uh, you have to deal better with your core, obviously, because you have to hold the position. You have to find the right position with your feet. So it's a bit more technical. And, uh, and personally, I like to every week to change, you know, to sometimes I do standard, sometimes I do seated, you know, it's, um, it's always, uh, that bring a bit of, um, variation into your training and I, obviously I'm talking about lateral ways you can do a peg fly you can do a chest one hand um, it's quite interesting the legs as well obviously and uh, yeah and so whether you stand up or you sit down when you exercise at the gym that was Julian's fitness tip of the month so every month on the podcast, we take, as regular listeners will be more than well aware, uh, two uh, letters, uh, letters, what am I talking about? Two uh, questions, letters. Yeah, we do that if we go back in time by 20 years. Uh, two questions or comments that come into us via our website, twoguysonfitness.com, or via his website, julienbertera.com. All through our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook. Uh, and we pick out two questions or comments that we think are most interesting uh, and possibly also entertaining, Trooper told. And uh, we answer them. So, Julian, let's have a little look at what we have here. And I'm going to go first. And let's have a little old look then, shall we? Uh, right. Now, first of all, we have got a question from Rick in Hammersmith, who has sent us the following question through our website, through the two guys on fitness website i might add and not through his website and the question reads as follows did you exercise over xmas put on weight and what have you done about it how much weight have you put on are you fat question mark exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark so Julian, did you? Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask Julian this question. Uh, so Julian, did you exercise over Christmas? Uh, did you put on any weight? Uh, and how much weight did you put on, fat boy? No, thank you, Rick, for your question. And um, yeah, so do I exercise during Christmas? Well, it's sometimes yes, sometimes no. It's just it depends on my mood, really. Uh, it depends if I uh, if I did train and work until very close up to Christmas. Like uh, this year, not I didn't really train much. I mean, usually I go for a run around the lake uh, because there is some lovely outdoor like that in uh, where I live in France, where my parents live. And um, so you, yeah, I, I spend the whole year in the gym. So I tend to for Christmas to take a break from that, and uh, I think it's important to take a break. Did I put on weight? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I usually don't do a yo-yo. Uh, I'm not the yo-yo sort of uh, type of guy when it comes to weight. I keep uh, my weight uh, correct all during the whole year, even if I go in early day or not, or you know. So. And if I'm fat, uh, I would say no, but <laughs> it is, uh, yeah. So basically, when you come back from Christmas, you know, because, uh, and, you know, you ask uh, uh, what I've done about it. So basically, when you come back from Christmas, it is true, generally, people eat a bit more, you know. So I would say it's just like 
just do what you used to do before just like lower the weight mix the, it's it's a bit the same uh, answer it's just like a mix of cardiovascular exercise with weight resistance to burn more calorie yeah just keep it up you know a lot of people uh, i think the mistake people make sometimes is to uh things they have to change you know it's a lifestyle it's christmas or not holiday or not it's just the idea is to keep moving on all the time and uh, it's uh, there's no point to stop everything uh, for over two weeks like eating a lot drinking a lot just living life doesn't mean like you have to go uh, the other way around um, sometimes so it's just um, keep moving that's all and uh, it's the best advice I can give you what about you Alan? well I did actually uh, exercise over the holiday because I don't like to stop for long periods of time because it's really difficult getting back into it to be honest with you and also I like it do you know what I mean? so it was fine but uh, no I didn't put on any weight uh, I'm pretty good in that regard uh, really Though I have to say, listeners, I did notice when uh, Julian did waddle back uh, after the Christmas New Year break, he had put on a little bit of weight, I would have to say. But funnily enough, what I've noticed about my good personal trainer friend Julian Berthoret here is when he gets a little bit, you know, chubby, uh, he tends to burn it off really quickly, which is what he did. So now I would just say he's a little bit, you know carrying a few extra pounds, but I'm sure they will go by the time we get into February. Okay, moving on, uh, and as we uh, abandon talking about Julian's chubbiness, uh, or potential chubbiness, uh, what is the next question, Julian? Next, we have a question from Jeannie, who has contacted us with a Twitter DM. Jeannie asks, are gyms dangerous because of coronavirus? And what precaution should I take if I go to the gym? I have a membership which I'm not using and I don't know whether to cancel it or not. Well, that's an interesting and uh, I'm going to use the word nay now. Nay topical question. I'm so sick of coronavirus, to be honest with you. And I can't imagine uh, I'm the only one who feels like that. Am I sick of coronavirus or am I sick of the government's constant uh, reaction to it? Uh, There's an open question for people to consider. Anyway, are gyms dangerous, Julian? Uh, And should there be precautions taken when going to the gym? What is your opinion? No, I've been... um, There's nothing to worry too much about the gym. I mean, the thing is... uh, I've been tested myself because I was traveling here or there the past year and not a single time I've been tested positive so I don't think the, the gym is uh, the most d- dangerous place to catch up the uh, the equipment and you know there is a good aspect I mean if there is one good aspect of all this it's people now cleaning the machine uh, more than once I have to say so honestly I don't think it's um, I don't think you should keep uh, cancel your, your membership uh, actually bec- uh, it will be the wrong things to do I think we need to keep exercising virus or not as we know we will have to read the virus anyway so you can't really hide somewhere you know like uh, away from it it's part of it and um, so no the gym are they, they take precaution you know when they uh, with the virus so they leave um, cleaning product everywhere people can use and uh, yeah 
And also by definition, from my experience, the GMA, you know, it's it's sort of social distancing anyway because, you know, you use a machine. So by definition, you are not two or three on the machine at the same time. I mean, it's, I really, really have no fear to go to the gym, to train myself or to train my client. And I don't think anyone should have, really. So definitely keep your membership uh, and uh, and keep training. Yes, I think I would uh, support what you're saying there. Uh, I mean, obviously, unless, you know, uh, you don't want to ever leave your home uh, again for any reason whatsoever, uh, you are essentially uh, surrounded by an endemic virus that is in circulation uh, and it's just a fact and gyms aren't any any more particularly dangerous, I would say, based upon the evidence that I've seen than any other uh, interior environment whatsoever. I mean, sometimes you do see strange behaviour in the gym, I feel, at the current time. I see people working out wearing a mask on treadmills and stuff uh, or doing cardio in a mask even. Surely that's, that's dangerous in itself, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to... It's it's hard because the, you do see people having um, a kind of a fear reaction to it and uh, the thing is people had um, a fear reaction to the, the whole situation and uh, there is no fear uh, needed here. You know, it's just keep training yourself keep socializing it's important as a human being we are not meant to be isolated it's not possible it's not good for us and uh, yeah come to the gym train clean the machine beforehand if you want and um, but that's absolutely it's counterproductive to not go uh, outside is really counterproductive just keep positive really keep moving on there is no you know this is it's a life lesson here so just keep moving on Yes, uh, I think the important thing is it is a concerning time, but it's really important to remain rational, uh, look uh, intelligently at the evidence that is available, be sensible and continue to live your life as positively as you can because the downside, if you don't, is pretty strange things can happen. Uh, so keep on keeping on. And that was, Julian, uh, this month's two questions that um, we got into. Uh, and remember, everybody, if you do want to get in touch, drop us a line. We love it when you contact us and we reply to everybody who does so. Uh, so do drop us a line. Do keep in touch with us because it is great hearing from you. And until next uh, episode when we do some fresh questions, that was this month's questions on Two Guys on Fitness. So there you go, Julian. That's another episode, our first episode of 2022 out the way. A very strange time, but let's not focus on that. Let's focus on more positive things. Is it great to be back on the gym floor? And are you looking forward again, rising above the recent turbulence to the year ahead? Yeah, this year is going to be another year. It has to be. And uh, look uh, into the future with uh, enthusiasm. I like that. That's a very positive note to end on. Look to the future with enthusiasm and confidence regardless. Be robust is what I think is our motto here on the podcast. 
Well, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, do uh, drop us a line if you feel like it and rate us if you get a chance as well. Uh, we've never really encouraged people to do that uh, in a kind of focused way before. But if you do get a chance to rate us, do so, especially if um, you have a positive uh, feedback to give and you like the show. And so, Julian, I say to you, uh, au revoir. I'm going to say au revoir, ladies and gentlemen. I've come over a bit French, just like my friend here. Au revoir until we meet again and record the next episode and is there anything you would like to say finally before the music fades away don't forget to enjoy your workout absolutely mm-hmm.